This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. Yeah, you gotta hit that consonant. Yeah, this this morning we do. Oh, you t- what? What are you clicking for? You you gonna tell them that it's the morning again? Well, yeah, I can just look at your face. I can't, there's no denying it. I guess now that you, we've people done, are listening to your face. But now that we've done one year biscuit in the morning, I think at this point we should just make people guess, guess by looking at the face. Maybe I'm faking it. Maybe I'm throwing them for a loop. Yeah, I can have morning face at night. I've done that before. It's, it's, a, it's nap, it's nap, nap face. face. This week at the round table of dim lighting, uh, we're gonna share some personal experiences. I think there might be some um, some deep introspection. Uh, I don't, I think we're at risk of there being a point where this gets sad based on something I've got inside my own heart, okay? Oh gosh. He, here's here's the deal. Yeah, you're, as, you're already using the word heart. As of the. You're not the, talking about the anatomy, you're, you're talking about it in the, the emotional sense. I know, I'm just warning you people. Because technically your heart doesn't actually hold any thoughts. I mean, it's just a muscle that pumps your blood. I mean, I hate to burst your bubbles for everybody, but I mean, that's all happening in your freaking brain. And anatomically speaking, I don't have a bubble to burst. So <laughs> burst all you want. I just gotta maintain the balance here. <laughs> you mean making light of the fact that I said I'm gonna cry? No, listen, man, I mean, I know what we're talking about, so I might <laughs> cry. No, we're not gonna cry. Okay. I mean, I, he, you never know what's gonna happen. Here's the deal. Uh, as, face. as of this current conversation, the moment of recording this, I am 39 years old. As of the initial release of this podcast in its audio form, I am 39 years old. But as of June 1st, 2018, I become 40. And I've already celebrated in a huge way, in party form. And I wanna tell you all about that party. Um, and then I wanna transition into just an analysis of, of our own aging. Cause buddy, I'm joining you in the boat, in the 40 boat. I'm about to get up. <laughs> <laughs> what, did you just burn yourself on tea? You're like an old uh, man, see? Yeah, I can't even like, drink. I can't even. I can't my, even drink tea anymore. You, you got to put an ice cube in your tea. I feel like Jim Baker eating potato soup, <laughs> which incidentally I watched a crap ton of last night. Oh, you did? Because um, RuPaul actually posted the very best of Jim Baker. It was a compilation on uh, Twitter. On Twitter, but it was a YouTube video, and. I just said Did RuPaul there. edit this thing? No, I don't it, think it RuPaul was, has time to. It was a super deluxe video, it, and it was not. Okay, even, I mean, it was one that I had seen all the pieces before, but it was the very best, and it included that. <coughs> that's good moment, which we put in the episode yeah. where we tasted the Jim Baker buckets, right? Um, yeah, we did. Oh, man, Is that why you got such nap face this morning? Because you stayed up late watching the Jim Baker bucket. It's only a sixteen-minute. Uh, Clip. So no, I've already. I've already I love the internet. Man. I've already been to the gym. I've been in a steam room with several other naked fellas. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm up, man. It's just my face. I guess my face. I, I, you know what? I think maybe in the same way that there were people I saw, you saw as well, comment on the internet when you asked 
Let us know what you think about us recording in the morning. A lot of people are like, I can definitely notice it's different. Well, I doubt that they can notice it's different. That's my personal opinion is we suggested that it was different right. and then they It's the just, power of suggestion. And then they started to think that they were picking up on different things. I think that my morning face is if I if it was if it was eleven PM right now, you'd be like, You look tired, man. You just woke up? And if it was the middle of the day, you'd be like, You look normal. I, I that that's my theory. Hold on, you think hold on. I thought you were gonna say in the middle of the day I was gonna say you look tired. No, middle of the day, I'm, I, I would be what you expect, which is middle of the day face, which is just normal. So your peak ret face at noon is what you're saying. I'm saying it's always the same. That's not what I heard, but not, okay. Right, not, I'm saying it right now, having been through the things that I've been through today, I can't you, you imagine should, you should that, have I peak face. that I still have what you would consider morning face. Mm -hmm. Two hours ago, I definitely had morning face, but I got steam face now. Oh. Well, I guess they're 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 easily mistaken for one another. I mean, do I look like I have a uh, nap face? No, because I don't let the power of suggestion and the environment influence my opinions. <laughs> I'm a perfectly rational being. Not even your your own suggestion. I don't mean to insult you, ear biscuitier listener, but I do feel like when we said that in in, in I guess it was the the last episode talking about in the morning. Was that the last one? Whenever it was, it doesn't matter. Um, we were just kind of planting something so that then you could feel like you were noticing something. I mean. Three ago? Three oh, ago. Three ago, wow. Wow, okay. we're, we're still what, waking up. What have we been doing? Steam, um, steam rooming. <laughs> there's an art to entertainment where you, 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 you can plant something in a video that people will feel smart for noticing and then commenting on, but really we're the smart ones for putting it in the video. <laughs> We're the smart ones. <laughs> Let's establish that. Uh, we wanted you to talk about how different it was in the morning if you thought that it was better. Okay, I'm sure it was different. I'm just being facetious. Let me backtrack a little bit. I don't wanna hurt your feelings. I'm sure it was different, but at I'm least- I'm getting old and crotchety. At least a percentage- I'm almost 40. At least a percentage of you definitely said something just because we said, we gave you the opportunity to say it. And that's that's a- that's a good thing. But that's how the world works, we're, man. We're pulling the curtain back. You're seeing our, you're seeing our, our bare bottoms in the hospital. Oh. Is that, it's not a curtain. Well, there is a curtain, and then is, there's a- Gown. A gown. We're pulling the gown back. Huh. Because we don't hold anything back from you, because that, that's the new me. That's the middle-aged me. We, should, we can get into this, but I mean, 40's not mid, the middle of my age. I aspire. Well, statistically yeah. speaking, it probably is. I'm not gonna What's statistically the, live past 80? What is the average uh, life be, expectancy of 80. a man in America? Could somebody look that up? I would guess that it is. 86. Uh, no, I would say 82 max. Ooh. And I would say probably 79. I think maybe a woman it, is 82. If it's less than 80, lie. No, don't lie, tell us the truth. 78.74. 78, 78. Oh. oh dang, I, was, I said 79, that's oh, 78 gosh. points, what? 78.74. Oh gosh. Yeah, look, dude. I, I've already passed middle age, I yeah. didn't even know yeah, it. Yeah, 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 you're past. I did that a year ago. Exactly. That's why they call it over the hill, man. Now, I do think it means something different. But, uh, but this is what I want to get into. Let's we're, not. We're going to talk. We're let's gonna, not get into it. Yeah, yet. we're going to talk about getting old. <clears throat> let's start. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> let's start with the party, man, because um, I feel like I owe it to you to give a, a complete play-by-play -play of my party because a, 
um, we did that with your party, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I in and um, B, you you weren't invited. So this is my way of including you, even though you weren't in, invited. Or you know what? Maybe you're one of the people that was invited, and you'll you'll know when I'm lying about something, embellishing to make my party seem mm. good. Of course, you're here for that. I, I'm here for that. Um, I need a T-shirt that says that. Thanks for coming to my party, Rhett. Oh, you're welcome. When you walked in, I was I, so I, relieved. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, that you showed up. I almost didn't come. <laughs> you thinking but about like, it? Last minute, we were like, "Should we?" What were you thinking about doing? I was going to watch Apollo 13. Oh, again. Yeah, it's I, a good movie. I was like, it's you know, you know, you know, you're going to get a good, satisfying experience. But with a party, any part, you're like, do you experience anxiety when going to a party like anybody's party? I always have well, a tinge of anxiety of when course. I go into uh maybe it's just any sort of I mean I social I experience this yeah, any I think I experience a tinge of anxiety if I'm in any environment that is not one hundred percent familiar to me. Okay. It's good that you're admitting that. <laughs> I'm just I'm just joking. Okay. Christy turned forty on May thirteenth. There's mm. like a there's a two week gap there where she's older than me. I mean, she's always constantly older than me and I do point that out to her at in strategic moments. Older women make beautiful lovers is the country song. Mm-hmm. It's a good country song. Um, But never is it more obvious in the two weeks when she's 40 and I'm not. Right. And we, you know, we planned our party smack dab in the middle and um, I mean, we had to, in in planning the party. We really had to run interference with what you what you did. You know, I think we talked about this in terms of like you had a grand party, man. Set I the, mean, set the bar real high. It was you set the bar really high, and honestly, I had multiple conversations with Christy in the privacy of our own zone where I was like, "Let's not have a party." Yep. Like, and it wasn't. I mean, it it wasn't like. I don't think I can top Rhett's party. I mean, Christy did say something like that. Don't compare, don't compare. You you don't have to th- think like that. You don't have to compare your your our party to Rhett's party. It's a good party, but it's just not a it's not a healthy path. But to you go were down. gonna you were gonna let that keep you well, from having a party. No, it was just one factor. I think. I mean, I did have the, the, probably the greatest birthday party ever. <laughs> I mean, but. That, that shouldn't you stop you from trying. In general, I mean, even like I said, even going to a party, there's like a level of anxiety that maybe every most people will experience. Like, what's this gonna be like stepping into this thing? But then when you're in charge of it, I mean, it seems like there's more pressure. I mean, it certainly didn't take any pressure away to have experienced your party. But Chrissy, Chrissy really wanted a party um, and I came around, I was more than happy to be a part of it. I was like, but we got, okay, I want there to be something. I wanted there to be an activity. So we ultimately decided that we were gonna have a bowling party. Yeah. And we found this amazing venue, the oldest bowling alley in the city of Los Angeles, which is one of the oldest cities in the world. I don't know if you knew that. No. Um, <laughs> I, did, second, I did not know that. The second part, uh, I don't know. I ha- I need to wiki that. Yeah, I'm pretty. But, but pretty the first part is to Highland Park Bowl. 
super cool yeah. venue, right? Like we had never been there, but I mean, we, I, I could we visited in order to see. I could describe the place just so you don't seem to like a braggy daddy. Okay, yeah. Um, well, I didn't build it. Uh, <laughs> I didn't renovate it. But this place was. It is the oldest bowling alley in LA. Very, very, very cool. And um, like stepping into a bowling alley from a time gone by. So like you got this like Prohib- prohibition era. You like walk in and there's these there's a bar on each side, uh, and then there's the the lanes and they've got they're doing a lot of things to kind of establish the vibe. Right. This is a hipster bowling place. Very cool place. Yeah. All the bowling balls are black. There's you know you no know, pink balls here. No blue balls either. It's just all black balls. Which it was an aesthetic choice, not a functional. Makes it a little difficult to remember which ball is yours. But but it's worth the cool factor. Well, and the the lanes not only look amazingly vintage, but then the whole it's ninety the whole place ninety one years old, built in nineteen twenty seven. The the mechanism the mechanism in the very back, you know, when you when it when you bowl, knock down the pins, and then the mechanism, the robot thingy, picks up the pins, sorts them all out, and puts them back down. It looks and like sucks a steampunk. It's all exposed, so you can see real. the inner workings of it. So anyway, yeah, it 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 was a super. Super cool place. Um, they have a uh, a pizza oven, so they're like making some good pizzas. Oh, the food was incredible. And um, just as our book dictated, there will be meatballs at the party. Well, there was meatballs at the party. Was that a special request because of our book, or they just that's something they do? It's something they offer. And I was like, they were like, we can have meatballs. I was like, there will be meatballs. There's spicy meatballs. They were so big though. I don't think we could have played hide the meatball. I didn't even think about playing I could, a yeah. meatball because I was throwing the balling balls. I actually didn't get to eat a meatball. I mean, so there was like, I don't know, maybe 120 of our, our friends and um, some the mythical crew members were also there who I consider friends in the in the party zone, <laughs> oh, not coworkers. <laughs> oh, friends in the party zone. Um, and, and then Chrissy and I are mingling. Lionel Richie showed and then, up. <laughs> yeah, you said I should get Lionel Richie, but we didn't do that. We had a DJ and I made a playlist which I steered clear of yacht rock, even though that is my one of my favorite genres of music because you had the 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 gold standard of yacht rock cover bands at your party. So what did you I just steer clear what, of that? What, what did you play? It, it, I was, it was late seventies, uh early eighties, so around the time that we were born, um soul and funk music. But but the bowling alley's so loud that it just kinda all blends together. Yeah, it wasn't it didn't register I di- really. I didn't want the music too loud so that you couldn't talk with your people. You um, know did the DJ feel emasculated by by, well, I by paid, that request? I I paid him, so he could feel any way he wants to feel. No, but I think I think DJs get off on being being the center, playing the music so I didn't loud ask that you him. cannot I, have a meaningful conversation with anyone. There. I couldn't tell, and I didn't care. He Good. did a great job, and I don't think he was upset. So it was a, it was a cool spot. Um, Chris and I had matching bowling shirts. I don't know if you noticed. I did it with your names on them. And you, of course, we also have matching bowling shirts from when we did the fire bowling. But you wore yours. Well, I mean, of course, I have to wear it. Jesse could have worn mine, and you could have. She Jesse got her own. She, she got her own. She went off on her own and got her own bowling shirt. In the back, we, we tried really hard to find something to put on the back of the shirt for me and Christy, and we landed on um, striking while we're still hot. Where'd you get that? 
I think that Jesse came up with my it. wife because <laughs> I was like, she's very good. She loves that. She's like, yeah. There was a text thread. She's like, really good at slogans. Let's see, because I wanted it to be something that was lame, like, um, Bolver the Hill. I think is what I came up with. Right. A combination of bowling and over the hill, if it's not clear. Uh, Chrissy didn't like that, so it they did well striking while we're still hot. They, they, they didn't want to focus on, and the, it was the, a bowling ball, and there was flames. The back end of the hill, they wanted to focus on the fact that we're still good looking. Yeah, and then I had, I requested that Christy's shirt also have, you know, those the silhouette of the women that are on the mud flaps of rigs. Of course, I've got. I wanted her two to, on the back of my sedan. <laughs> I wanted her to put those on the Along collar. The pair of truck nuts. The lapel of her bowling shirt. And when she nicks that idea, I put it on my bowling shirt. Because I wanted it to represent her on her own shirt and I was gonna have the man version on my own. And when we started looking into the man version of um, mudflap silhouettes, that's it's very problematic. Right, because what can you emphasize? Right, so. Um, I have the woman on mine, and then I we had our names embroidered. I noticed mine that. Said Link. I noticed the woman. I didn't. I didn't ask any questions about it. It's a, it, it's Christy. It's Christy's silhouette. She's still <laughs> hot, and and my name said Link, and underneath it said forty years old, because I'm like I'm gonna own this. Christy also didn't want hers to say forty years old, but it said forty on the lapel. These are the type of things that you get into the minutia of planning a party, and that's when I'm like, oh my gosh, it's. It's so much, there's so much effort and, and, and planning and details and then it's, it's very overwhelming for me. I think the thing that I learned was it, was, it was a great party and I feel like I would have had so much more fun if everything was the exact same except it being my party. I think that's my problem is I that, that I feel like I told Christy somewhere in the middle because we're like mingling and talking with everybody. I'm like, man, it feels like a wedding reception. I'm like not getting to eat anything and I'm like talking to everybody and it's, you know, it's it's becoming a blur. Whereas if you just attend a party, mission number one is just to have fun, you know? But when you're in charge of it, mission number one is, to, at least in my mind, and I couldn't check out from this, is making sure everybody else was having fun. And who am I kidding? They were. It wasn't up to me. I mean, you set the stage, and then hey, we're freaking bowling in this amazing place. Well, you got pizza and you got bowling shirts. I think, I think, I don't know when this happened. Definitely in the past like two years, I've experienced a shift in recognizing that I enjoy creating experiences for people. Okay. And uh, while I completely relate to what you were saying. It's difficult to enjoy anything that you've, it's difficult to enjoy a meal that you cooked. As someone who prepares, mm -hmm. you know, I, mm. I'll have like a bunch of people over and like do a pork butt or something and I enjoy food more if I go to a restaurant than if I make it for, for myself and for other people. But I've kind of shifted to like, oh, all these people are enjoying this and, th and then you take a little bit of the pressure off yourself. So, so I think that that, my, you think like you're, my, beco you're becoming party, more of a host. My party, I was ha when people kept coming up and saying they were having a good time, I was having a good time even though I was anxious about <laughs> when things are happening and right, that right. kind of thing. Um, and then like the game night that we've been doing. Yeah. Which I legitimately been having a lot of fun personally, but 
the fact that people are enjoying it, I'm I'm enjoying that vicariously. I think that's I think that's the the key to not being anxious about something that you're that at your own party is like because everybody did have a really good time. Um, I almost had a great time because I almost was on the winning bowling team. Oh, you, you giving it away? You you lost. Yeah. Well. We had a bowling tournament and Christy said, okay, we're gonna hop on the mics and you can orient people to how this bowling tournament's gonna go. I'm like, well, that means we need to make a speech. Are you, she's like, I'll talk first and then you can do that. I'm like, well, I gotta, I gotta have my speech. So like I, I worked up a speech that, I don't know if you could tell by the execution of my speech, but well, I effed it up, man. Well, here's what I'll say. When you, in the middle, uh, you, were, you were talking and you were like mm-hmm. talking about the bowling rules or something, the way the tournament was gonna work and then there was a pause that was a little longer than I was comfortable with. <laughs> <laughs> and then you were like, F what they say about being 40. Yeah. And I was like, and what I thought was, <laughs> Link's got something here. Yeah. Like I know how your brain works, and so I was like, right. he's he's going he, into he's got something, he's prepared something, but then he was trying to access something that he had prepared, but but then but then it you, fizzled. Then you you just had like a, another sentence. It, and it fizzled, was over. and it, it turned. Like, it, okay. I mean, it turned into a heartfelt thanks to all of my friends for being there. But here was the here was here's what I wanted to do. I wanted to. I want to say, okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna start by saying something that's gonna get everybody's attention. Be like, what the heck? And this was it, I was gonna say, I don't give a flying F what Mm. people say about 40. (laughs) And then I was gonna say, I can't even remember it right now. I should have had it on a card. You know you can't have it on a card. I don't give a flying F what people say about 40. I think 40 is fabulous when you're fortunate enough to have friends like these. See the Fs? Yeah, alliteration. And then I was just gonna leave it at that. Oh, that was all it was that gonna was be? That was it. Oh, okay, okay. That was it. Right, okay. I had planned just that and I was gonna leave it at that because you know me, I like, I ramble and it yes. and things start to fall apart. The worst example of that was my wedding rehearsal dinner that you know, we constantly make fun of me for, which I deserve it, which is I went around and started thanking every single person that attended my personally uh, wedding. They all got it like a two minute speech. Which which was literally, I mean. Two times 60 is 120. Yeah. It was two hours. I mean, it might have been a 90 minute speech because once I got into it, I couldn't back out. And I'm like, I'm not gonna make that mistake. I'm gonna have something quick and it's gonna be about Fs. Okay, all right, yeah. And then I I blew it. Well, I don't- And it doesn't matter. I don't think anybody other than me yeah, knew yeah, that yeah, you yeah. had something uh, that you didn't fully hatch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the egg, the egg cracked on the floor. I, but I scraped it up and no one else cared. That That's the thing is like I started, you know, you start to focus on things that don't, matter that much. I just don't think it, I don't think throwing parties is for me, man. Just for my personal enjoyment. Well, yeah, Next time you should, uh, you should plan my parties. But, 
but I think it's just a shift in, in sh- a shift in um, it's just a shift. mentality because well I mean if I threw you more parties said it, but no but you just said it you just said that I would have more fun if this was not my party and, and what it, is the thing that you're anxious about how good of a time who's having you or the people who are there the people and but the default disposition of a person who's at a party is enjoyment, especially a good party. So if you put the ingredients in place and then it just starts happening, you look around and you're like, these people are having a good time. I'm gonna enjoy that. I have been thinking about this actually quite a bit. I've been thinking about what other things could I engineer, like other experiences could I engineer for groups of people? Maybe I should become a tour guide. Because I've been thinking about doing something special with like the game night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that, now I can't do a party like we did last year, but like, I didn't, neither of us have ever thrown parties. I haven't had a birthday party. I think the thing that you're on to. years. I think the thing that you're on to. Because last year, I'm like, I wanna do this again. And with the, it, it's, yeah, it's more about, here, here's, the thing about my personality type that's different from yours is I'm a perfectionist. So I'm constantly thinking, not is this great, but I have in my mind what is the perfect party, the perfect party that I've planned, right? So when it's, okay, for the last round of the tournament, like when the last two teams are bowling and, it, and everyone, I want everyone else to gather around and when the person's going to bowl, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the DJ to kill the music and it's gonna be comedically dramatic for these amateur bowlers to feel like they're in a freaking bowling tournament. That will be funny. And it will also be fun for everybody to be, to be focused on it. But then when the party goes long and the freaking DJ's packing up and it's like, okay, that can't happen. You know, these are the things that start to go off in my mind as a perfectionist that I think it's healthy for me to come to grips with, of course, and maybe that does mean throwing more parties. But no, but I mean, and of course, no one, no one, no one knew but that me. that's what you wanted, right? So it it didn't bum me out actively, but subconsciously, as a perfectionist, these things tend to stick in your. If you can find crawl. a way to in uh, to take a mental note next time I have a bowling birthday party, I'm, I'll, I'll do it in a way so that we make sure that the tournament is still going when everybody's still there, but. Right. I'm not gonna not enjoy this first one. I didn't. Hey, you know, I enjoyed it as much as I could at this point in my life. But when I'm 50, I will enjoy it even more. Mm. A, a couple of other side notes. Um, we also planned the party on a Sunday night. I, I think spare no expense to have a party on a Friday or Saturday night yeah. is my other thing. Because we rented out the whole bowling alley and there was no way we could have done that on a Saturday and I think, uh, so there would have been other people there on a Saturday but I don't know if th- that made a, would have been a better choice or in general to throw an epic party, you can't do it on a Sunday night. You can't night. have people worrying a lot about. Of, a lot of people gotta, they gotta go somewhere. They can't be worrying about their lives the next day. Other than that, I'm, 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 very, I'm very happy with it. It was a great party. It was a really good party. I mean Lionel Richie would have really sent it over the top. <laughs> But uh, See, I'm fine with that joke. That doesn't hurt me because that wasn't part of my plan. But Lionel's not, he's not that responsive. He's just not that responsive. Lionel is not responsive. Lionel, Trust us. Yeah, he's just, he's got his own thing. 
Been begging, he's begging got, to hear from Lionel. He's got his Lionel thing and that's good. You know, we've got ours. We're gonna talk more about us getting older in a second, but first we wanna let you know that Ear Biscuits is supported by Oatly, the original oat milk from Sweden, now available in the United States. Now, you know, both of us don't drink the cow's milk anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're big into, as you can say, uh, milk alternatives. And we have found the best milk alternative out there. I don't even like to call it an alternative. It's Oatly, it's oat milk, it tastes great. And uh, it's got a lot of other good characteristics about it. Link, list some of those characteristics for us. Well, it's non-GMO and gluten-free with no added sugar, gums, or fillers. If you like gums and fillers in your drinks. Sorry. Then this, uh, Oatly's not for you. It tastes amazing. Um, I've had the chocolate oat milk. Oh, you can only imagine. It's got this cerealness to it that you know I love. There's a bur- there's a barista version for your lattes, and then there's just a normal oatly oat milk, which is absolutely great. Um, yeah, I did, you you got to try it. Even touching the carton is satisfying to me. <laughs> like you know, it comes in like a a satisfyingly it pliable is a, it carton. It is a satisfyingly pliable carton. You can t- you can tell with the packaging that they've that they that they're thoughtful about all the uh, the whole thing. Yes. And I think the oats are even happy about it. I'm sure they are. They haven't complained to me. Uh, you can get Oatly oat milk at your local supermarket or your favorite coffee shop. And to find out more about oat milk, go to oatly.com today. That's O-A-T-L-Y.com. Now on with the biscuit. Um, I will say just one small, um, one additional thing that. I don't give a flying F. What they say about turning 40, 40 is fabulous when you're fortunate enough to have friends like you. That's good, that's good, you should have said that. For reals. Um, the only thing that kept me from enjoying your party in the way that I Play, would've liked you to. You can stop clapping now. You can, uh, come on, we need to ball, just party. This is not about me, just have fun. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not about me is the fact that when I got into the party, like literally walked in, saw the food, saw the bowling lanes, was like, I'm gonna have such a good time. Yeah. I made him uh, made up my mind that I wasn't gonna worry about the fact that the next day was Monday. I said, I don't care. F Monday is what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but then my beautiful wife comes up to me and says, I left my phone in the Uber. <sighs> Seriously? Yeah, I was like, oh gosh. Of course, I still have a phone, so now I'm responsible and for handling this and also. So you gotta solve this crisis instead use, of being in party we, mode. We use my, my app, you know. So, and also. How, do you get, how, how does one get a phone back? Great question. Uh, it's not as easy as one might think, especially when your driver does not speak English well. Um, because so you still had his number? There was a communication, her number, Mr. Assumptions. Oh. Um, so. <laughs> Thanks for calling me Mr. Assumptions. <laughs> I kinda like it. Um, I, uh, <laughs> what did I do? Oh. 
you can click on help, click on I lost an item. Then it eventually puts you through to this number that calls them. Uh, but it doesn't show what their number is. I, I don't really understand. It's basically so that you can rep- go through their system in the right way. They're mm-hmm. supposed to get like a $15 reward back or whatever when they bring it back. But uh, this Uber driver did not understand the system and did not really understand how that worked. Mm-hmm. And so when I got her on the phone, it took about 10 minutes to just explain that my phone is still in the car. My wife's phone is in the car because she was charging it with one of her dilly dallies. And anyway, I got it back, but it took like an hour and a half. So like the first hour and a half of your party, I was kind of dealing with that and like hmm. having to go out into the lobby to hear, be able to hear myself and hear the, the driver on the phone. Uh, and eventually she brought it back. And then when I went out, I had $16 cash. Now the thing said give $15 for a returned item. I had 16, that's all the cash I had on me. I was like, here, here's here's sixteen dollars. That's all I got, and then she was like, twenty five. Oh, mm-hmm. and she was holding the phone captive. You're not in a position to barter at this point. Well, you could barter. You give them a watch. So I ran back in and just found the nearest friend. Okay, seriously? Yeah, Ward and Annie were there. I was like, you guys got ten bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got Ward to give you ten bucks. <laughs> Daddy needs 10 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I told him why and they gave it to me. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, I owe Annie 10 bucks, but. Or do you? Whenever you go to give her that 10 bucks, she's gonna be like, 25 bucks. <laughs> she said don't worry about it. Anyway, I got the phone back and started having a blast. Then I lost, actually, I did, okay. You didn't lose the tournament. It got down to the last well, two teams. Well. Again, and half of I one wanna, of the teams had to have yeah. had had so abandoned my party. My team was my wife and I, and Stevie and her girlfriend Cassie, and I ended up talking Tobias, uh, you know, of uh, Buddy System fame, <laughs> <laughs> and he's also been in a lot of other stuff. Um, Tobias, I, he came in and, and I was talking to him about, I was like, well, I'm definitely not gonna win. My team is Stevie and Cassie and Jesse and me, so I'm definitely not gonna win. Uh, but but I didn't say, I, all I told him was like, well, I'm definitely not winning. So Tobias was talking to Stevie and they were talking about the tournament and he was like, all I know is Rhett said he's definitely not gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> and Stevie and so was like. Steve, Stevie and Cassie came up to me and they were like, oh, we heard what you were saying about your team. <laughs> well, we didn't win. But then uh, uh, one couple that was half of the uh, of the four person team who made it to the finals had to leave early and then uh, uh, Nick and Allison and then Nick came up and was like, hey, you wanna be on my final team? Uh, and then Ben's girlfriend Jordan joined our team. So I will point out when you start recruiting people to your, to your um, final team, you know, championship team, it, you, you should have an advantage to win. Except no, no. when the person on the other team, one of the four guys, is Davin, who yeah. works for us, well, but, and he has professional bowling shoes. He brings his own shoes. But I'll also say that I'm not really good at bowling, and neither is Jordan. We're just average, so we yeah, felt- Yeah, they, they try to make it interesting. It was like, okay, we're not gonna bring in like the best person here. And you lo- and, and in the end, you lost by six, six pins. pins. It came down to the last roll, yeah. which was pretty dramatic. Good way to end the party. What are the chances? 
Uh, that eight people's, uh, four people added up with four other people, it comes down to just six pins. 100%, I planned it that way. Oh, good. To end the party. In the days following the party, you know, I, I felt the need to actively engage in reflection on my life and the, the, the 40ness of myself now. Um, I have to admit, I, I did, I, I felt in a little bit of a funk after the thing. You know, it's, it's kind of cliche. But I have kind of felt that way. I think um, obviously I'm I'm a little too cerebral when it comes to my own party. I got things mm. I got to work through. But then beyond that, you start to think, got all these friends here, and it's on one hand, it's a I'm blessed to be where I'm at with and have all of these people that mean so much to me. And it's like you start thinking weird things of like, but how much do they really mean to me? You know, you start to think weird <laughs> things like kind of depressed, <laughs> depressed thoughts. Okay. It's like, I don't Interesting. know. Interesting, I thought you were gonna, I did sad. not anticipate that that was what you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say, you, <laughs> like, got, you got all these friends weird. together, they're for a party, but they're really just mourning the death of the prime of your life. Like, no, I can relate to that. My point is, I'm saying things that are totally unfounded, and it's, and it's at a point where I can be very grateful and I'm typically very positive. I've been experiencing a little cloud of negative introspection and Overanalyzation. So I'm trying. I'm, I'm on the. I'm on the. I'm on the backside of that now. And so it now all I'm thinking about because we've gotten through that is just, just the, just the the sheer symptoms of getting older. And it's not just the grain of hair. I'm glad I made the decision to like let the gray hairs fly. You know, it's it's it hasn't been a year yet, but you know, look at my age a little bit. But the thing that's getting me is not the hair on my head, but the hair in other places. I've started to shave weird spots, man. Like I've got <laughs> I've got hair on my shoulders. Like I got a I got this like weird little community on the right shoulder and the left shoulder. And it, cause when I'm like brushing my teeth in the mirror, I'm like, what is that? A weird community up there. And I'm like, well, I'm just gonna, I'm shaving my face. I'm like, I'll just go down there, shave that off a little bit. Mm. Got a little one over here. Should wax it. Shave that one off over there. Kill the follicle, man. And I think this is common because um, in, the, in that song, Amanda, which uh, there's a Don Williams version, there's a Waylon Jennings version, he says, uh, he, he talks about, I look in the mirror in total surprise to see the hair on my shoulders and the age in my eyes. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, all right. Waylon and Don went through this. I'm, I'm in good company, I'll be okay. But then I start looking at my ears. Oh, once you start, you just can't stop. And I'm like, there's a community of hair on my ears and I ain't even talking about in my ears, that's what, that's the common thing. I'm talking about the the outer ridge, like right there on like the outer ridge in my ear, I got a community of hair growing right there. You see it? Um, and so every few days I gotta hit that with a razor. Yeah, yeah, a little, a little thick. It's hard not to nick your ear when shaving it with a razor, man. You have to get I an ear like, razor. I feel like a kid who's just going through puberty and learning how to shave, but it's my ear. But 
and also the inside. Like I have nose trimmers that I shove in my ears, well, and I, I've looked, I've looked at you on Good Mythical Morning enough to know that you got a, you got a community coming out of your ears. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's got to be there for a reason. Oh, you want you want me to leave it? Just no, let I'm it just grow. Saying out? that like, like, there must be some survival benefit. Like when you get so old, there's that, a reason that old men have hair in other places, and I don't, and 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 I just because I don't understand their survival benefit doesn't doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. I don't want to get rid of it because then I might die. It it must be well. When you get older, who you, am I kidding? I also groom myself. You can't hear as well when you get old. I, I so agree. I think it's your ears just closing themselves up with hair. It's like we don't need these anymore. We can't, you know, the frequency fidelity is gone. So let's just close up shop. And I think you need some. You need some re, some signs. You need to know. I I, I think know you, what you, you need some in, physical indications that you're getting old. Well, th- that's one. Little, and I'm little red flags. I'm not done with the hair. Because oh gosh, yeah. Your wife told me that you had some kind of egg. What are you talking about, egg? I don't know. She just told me that she walked in and and you had some little like handheld like egg shaped thing, oh. and it, you were running it over every part of your body. <laughs> Not an egg, a peanut. It's a you know a clipper. Yeah, a peanut. It's it. There's there's a certain type of clippers. You know, like hair clippers, like zzz, you give someone a buzz cut with. Well, there's a smaller version made by Wall with an H, hmm. not a sponsor, called the Peanut. It's a smaller clippers that all of the hairdressers have, and it's just like, um, it's easier for grooming, like your your body hair because it fits in weird places. Shave your peanuts with it because it's smaller. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I've been using that, and yeah, I, I for two years now, I, I, I'm, I'm loud and proud that I trim all body hair, like my leg hair. I like keep oh, that I svelte. I, I, I trimmed off, but I wait so long. I trimmed off so much body hair. I stand in the shower, no water, just so I can then gather it up. I gathered up enough body hair that I, that I peanutted off of myself. <laughs> It was like it was like a the size of a human brain. It's like a hair. <laughs> I'm sure it brain. could have been com- compressed into a much like a mouse brain, probably. Yeah, yeah, I did. I compressed it into the mouse brain, and then I wrapped it in toilet paper and I put it in the, um, not the toilet. That's be a mistake. That's be a mistake. I put it in the trash can. But here's the last place that I've noticed hair. That, gosh, if this is happening at 40, what's going to happen at 50? You quit caring at 50. I've noticed. Hairs on my nose. Oh yeah, the tip of the nose. Hairs. Like here on the bridge, like not the bridge, but like just above the nostrils, right in the middle. Like a troll. Like a freaking troll. Yeah. And troll so hairs. I'm not shaving those. I'm plucking, plucking those. Yeah. Now I, I pluck my eyebrows. I never got out of that since uh, puberty. So now I'm like the the time of self care is just like b- b- it's just. Blooming, man. The time what it takes to, you have to the do? time it takes to get all the hair off my body. Like I'm freaking plucking hairs off the top of my nose. It gives you purpose, man. That's the thing. It's just, as you get older, you start. You know, and this is the thing that I've been that I've been contemplating. And hold on, some of them are black. You think they're just little white hairs? No, I have a few that are actually black. 
what on earth? It's like I, the hairs on my head Again, are turning white. There's a reason, there's probably some sort of sensitivity, like when you get close to things as an old person, you need to know that you're getting close to a wall and the hairs on your nose touch it first and you stop short before you die. Whiskers. Um, what I've been thinking about related to this is as I've been 40 for months now. You're killing it too. I, uh, I'm so much more conscious of age. So yeah. you, you, know, you know how like when you've got, like when you're thinking about getting a new car and then you start seeing that car everywhere. Yeah. Or you start thinking that you've got some sort of, uh, like I, you know, we, we we got a friend who who was uh, losing his hair, and he was like, "I I'm thinking about it." So I I look at everyone's hair to see how much hair they've got. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna start looking at people's noses. I never thought about age in the way that I've been thinking about it lately, and I think part of it is this this little this little question that I can't escape, and that's. Are my best years behind me? And I know that that's a very cliche thing, but I especially, and I'm I'm a futurist. That, that's that's my disposition. I'm always thinking about what the next thing is, and I've always firmly believed that my best work is 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 ahead of me, right? And I still feel that about what we do, right? So I still have every reason to believe that the most significant thing we're going to create is something we have yet to create. And even if that's utterly false, it's very important to believe it. Right, <laughs> but then I begin. It's very healthy to believe but it. But then I know that at some point, at some point it will become irrational to believe that, right? Okay, at some point yeah, it becomes unlikely that the thing that is gonna be the greatest thing you've ever created is ahead of you. Um, I still feel like it's it, it's rational at this point, but then I start thinking, well, maybe it's not, <laughs> you know. And again, this is pretty this is a pretty selfish thing because your your life is not boiled down to these things that you create for your own self glorification. I, I'm aware of that, and I'm aware of the the uh, you know the the uh, what is the word I'm looking for? The psychology behind. Your statement, you mean? Just the fact that this is not a healthy way to think yeah. about things necessarily. But that's the thing I've been thinking about lately is like you start noticing, oh, that guy's younger than me. It's like, why why, why am I thinking that? You know, it, yeah. when you start, we talked about this before how I spent most of my life like thinking like NBA players are older than me. You, and, and even when right. you become older than the average NBA player, you still see them as older because you, you you see them as that's these the mode with which athletes. you've always watched them. Um, but but now I definitely feel older than than them, and I just find myself thinking about age, and then also thinking about like oh, I'm forty, and then I start thinking, man, oh man, as soon as the summer's over, there's like a couple of months, and then I'm forty one, and that happens so quickly. And that's one year out of ten, and then I'm, and then that's it's gonna like, happen a few like, times. And it's then like I'm footlights when he's like, "I'm 41 years old, and I ain't got no place to go when it's over." You know, great song by the way. And I do take comfort in the fact that it's one of Merle's best albums, serving 90 proof. It's 41, 
40, 41 years old. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about that. I for me, I'm I try to adopt. I, I'm I'm staying with country music lyrics for some reason. Uh, and I'll stick with Waylon here. You know, in 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 the song Waymore's Blues, he says, uh, "I got my name painted on my shirt. I'm no ordinary dude. I ain't got to work." You know, um, it just puts it in perspective that like the song is a blue song and he's like, I mean, he's acknowledging his age, especially when you pair it with like the the song I mentioned earlier about the hair on your shoulders and dealing with that. But like the dude is living life, still wearing, you know, it's in Amanda he says, I'm crowding 30 or and then the lyrics in some versions are also, now I've turned 40 and I'm still wearing jeans. You know, it's like I'm still I'm still a kid at heart. I'm still I'm still living this dream life where I've got my own freaking logo on my shirt is what Waylon was singing. Yeah. You know, it's like I ain't got nothing to complain about even though I may be over the hill. You know, it's like few people can say can walk around in jeans in their own merch proudly. Right. Um so so I I think that's that's kind of how I try to that's the perspective I try to adopt is just one of being grateful for what we've got um, and for what we've already accomplished, even if that's it, but it's not healthy just to, just to rest on your laurels. So I, I do think it's good for us to believe our best work is ahead of us, but at some point you just, you just retire and spearfish. Well, that that's another thing is, I mean, obviously we're, Retirement is is nowhere in sight, and um, no. But I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm reading a, a a book, and the and the main character is recently retired, and um, he just sits and watches television in the afternoon, like watches like Judge Judy and Doctor Phil, and his life has become that. But then something happens that then kind of reengages him in what his career was. And is this a Stephen King book? Yeah, it's the uh it's the it's the first it's the first in the the Mercedes Killer trilogy, which I don't actually I don't know if that's the name of it, but I can't remember the name of the book, but it's the it's that Mercedes Killer trilogy. Okay. And um you know, and this guy's 62 in the book, and I I think about how he didn't have anything. So you you mentioned spearfishing. I feel the need to begin to introduce, and again, we have some things that we do, like what you know, but at least one of them is something that would be going to be difficult to do as you get older. Like, I mean, the whole paddleboarding thing is, uh, or at least paddle surfing in the way that we do. I mean, as much as you've alone been injured in the process of the few times that we've been. It's sixty. You're probably not going to want to be willing. You're not going to be willing to deal with whatever the physical yeah. repercussions of getting hurt are. Is that why you're getting into golf? Uh, well, it is one reason. Back into I'm golf, getting I back say. into golf uh, because my dad's coming into town and I want to play with him, and I also want to uh, get the boys into it, and especially Shepard because he didn't really have anything that he's, you know, sports wise that he's really into. Um. You can but make yeah. a lot of money off a kid playing golf, I hear. Uh, too late, you gotta start them when they're like one. But so anyway. You, but you've thought of it. Yeah. Uh, 
But this the, the the idea of you know I, I heard Joe Rogan say one time that everybody needs you got to have something that you wake up to do, and right now we got and I, I don't that that sounds true good as a general statement. I think it probably is more true of some people than other people. So, but but in general, I, I do think that's true of us. Well, I would specifically, say, I think that's. True I would of us. say most people need something in, to in wake one up form or another. Yeah. And, um. I mean, but that could be read the paper. I, I'm just saying that, like, yeah. Once you stop having something to wake up and do, and so and and so that's when I start getting really self conscious about like what we, what we've created. I mean, of course, we have. Uh, we we I think we've talked about this. We've never, I, maybe we haven't, but we have a chip on our shoulder in some regards when it comes to our work and what we've done because. You know, everything that we've done is kind of lived under this in, in the world of YouTube, um, and this is probably an unreasonable thing to think, but there is a certain connotation that comes along with the word YouTuber um, and the stuff that YouTubers do, and it's because it's such a broad category and it's something that anybody can do. You know, when we talk to people in the industry about some other ideas that we have that may transcend YouTube and maybe something like a TV show or a movie or something like that, even though there's not really that much of a distinction anymore between these different medias. You know, for instance, Buddy System was not even reviewed. No, Not one critic wrote a, a review of Buddy System. Nobody cared about our show on YouTube uh, Red uh, because nobody cared about YouTube Red at the time. I cared. And you know, and so there's this chip on our shoulder that we wanna create something that people can't help but encounter, even if they hate it. But people have to encounter it and have to have to talk about it. Um, but I, but then I start thinking, okay, but w- at what point am I too old to be able to create that and to, and, be, and 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 to be able to um, get people to care about it? Because I start thinking, well, people don't really know that we're forty. <laughs> That's the best thing we've got going for us. Is they still see us as these like I don't know how old they are, but. Those guys from YouTube—they seem young, and they're on YouTube, so they must be young. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hold on, but the one with glasses—he's got gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so you start—you start second guessing. I, I think that's that's what I've been dealing with. And again, I recognize that it's not. This is not a healthy way to think, because the, the other thing that I'm trying to do, just like personally, is get to a place where I don't care about what people think, and I don't care about, and I don't, and, peop, and I don't evaluate myself. Uh, through the lens of what people think about my accomplishments, or cre- or creating something that then d- is you're satisfied that it now defines you, you know, in a way that you want to be s- defined. Um, you know, I, I I'm definitely thinking more about it. I think you know when I'm when I mentioned earlier that like I, I just felt like I've I've been in a, I I don't. I guess you can call it a depression. Like if it's like a few days stint, like for the past week or so, I, the one missing piece of the puzzle, which I certainly is a huge factor <clears throat> in all this, was I had to fly home right before the party. the The two days leading up to the party, I had a shocking death in the family. My uncle passed away. It was a a, a tragic accident. Um, on his farm, it was utterly shocking to our entire family. So like, um, 
We knew we all flew home for that. He 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 was sixty nine years old. Uh, he was retired. You know he was he was doing what he loved. I mean, it's not a joke, but he died doing what he loved. He was on his tractor, mm-hmm. um, on his on his own land that he that his his grandparents farmed, his parents farmed, he farmed, and his son farms. And he also and that's, made that's the decision, how he went out. He made the decision to stop doing his. He could have kept working at his other job, sure, but he made a decision to because he wanted to farm. So that was what he. That was why he got up every day. But it was an unti- certainly an untimely and shocking end to his life. You know, I I thought we were going to have to cancel the party because I didn't. You know, we weren't going to. We were going to be there for the family and then get back whenever it made sense and then it worked out but it was literally, we flew back in that morning and then at night we're having the party. So I, I think the day after the party and the day since, it's like all those things together for me have, you know, you when you talk, have led to a lot of introspection and reflection. I think that we we talk about being over the hill but it, there's an underlying assumption <laughs> if you listen to a lot of what we said in this whole conversation, it's just assumption that what's the average age? Because uh, I'm going to beat that, or I'm at least going to hit that. You know, I'm going to live to 79, uh, and then it's you know, there's of course no guarantee that that's going to happen. You know, and um, so it's I I, th- I think that I certainly don't think about. And it would drive me nuts if I if I woke up every morning and thought this could be my last. There was the guy, you know, the old guy with the beard who worked on like the the pyrotechnic stuff for GMM, like when we did the fireball and yeah. stuff. He had that catchphrase when we we'd see him and for we'd be like, "Hey man, glad to see you again." I can't, I can't remember his name, and he would always say, "I woke up alive." Now it's up to me. Yeah, you know, it's like I woke up alive. Now it's up to me. So it's like. And that me, I mean, and not just. I mean, maybe he had. I mean, he is a pyrotechnician. Maybe he's had some close calls, <laughs> but, but he's it, also an older guy. Yeah, I would. I. I mean, he. He could. I mean, dude looked in his seventies. He could be that old, yeah. But um, I guess he adopted this mantra. You think it's a healthy mantra? Maybe it is. When you're that age, like at at forty years old, I don't want to wake up every morning and say this could be my last day because I think that would freaking wig me out. But I think it. And there is, there's got to be a way for some of that perspective to influence kind of what you're saying about being so focused on what is it we're going to create that's going to provide legitimacy yeah. or what you know? I, I don't. You, you, I don't know. Admittedly, what the it's not healthy. Is. Well, because the thing that I struggle with is, <laughs> is I mean, this is like the thing that I think about all the time. Is I know that one of my many personality defects. Um, is um, just how much I want to, uh, how much I want to accomplish, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, for those of you who, uh, who know the Enneagram, I'm a three on the Enneagram, uh, which is an achiever, and it's just it basically means that I'm I'm hyper competitive. Anybody who's watched the show knows that uh, I want to win. I want to be the best. I want to create things that people notice. And while that's been helpful, and then be commended for it, and right? that, yeah, yeah, that's how that's how I want. Basically, it's 
how do you wanna be loved? Mm -hmm. And so the way that I wanna be loved is by people loving the things that I create. And so I'll get uncomfortable if you start talking directly about me. I'd rather you talk about something that I created. So the, uh, but the struggle is, is that I, I'm like, okay, I don't wanna care about accomplishing things, but if I don't care, I won't accomplish anything. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I kind of get on this, in, the, in this loop, because I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, I guess there is some, state of contentment that like um, you know like a, a monk somewhere has where they're like my my work is this simple repetitive thing that I do and the whole point uh, in being a monk is to kind of take away the things that distinguish you as yourself you know that's why you shave your head and that's why you wear the same thing that everybody does that's why you do the same thing that everybody does that's why you there's there, there's no hierarchy you're not like he's the head he's the head monk it's like everybody becomes equal and you kind of fade into humanity and i know that that's healthy in in a lot of ways but it also scares the crap out of me so I think about like well, you don't you really don't look great with a shaved head. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, and and I we couldn't have a beard probably too. It'd be horrible. That's the main reason I'm not a monk. Uh, but but the hood, the big hoods. But the I the, just simultaneously looking to the future and being like, there's so many things that I, I I want to see us accomplish, and to me, it's not about losing the desire to accomplish those things. It's losing. Uh, the false belief that I'm gonna find some kind of purpose or ultimate satisfaction in those things going well. Because we have had a lot of success. We've had a lot of things go well. And we know, just like we talked about in the Book of Mythicality, in the Stop and Celebrate chapter, that RMO is to accomplish something and then immediately move on to the next thing without stopping and really appreciating it. So I know that if, okay, if we are able to make a film or we're able to make a show that uh, peop that critics care about, uh, it I can anticipate what that feeling is gonna be. I know that there's not true satisfaction in that, but if I can just enjoy the process, which is something that I do enjoy, the creative process is like, that's what we're made to do, I find an incredible satisfaction, not just in the results, but in the process. Um, I don't know, those are just the things that are kind of running through my mind. And the thing that's complicating it is this age factor, is the fact that, oh, now I've got this other thing I've got to contend with, which is the fact that, it, you know. Sand when running is, out of the hourglass. When is my, yeah, when am I gonna run out of time? When am I gonna become irrelevant because I'm seem, I seem too old? When am I, is my mind not gonna be as sharp? When am I not gonna have that thing? All the best athletes in the world, even the best poker players in the world are young guns, right? You don't see some 45-year-old come in there and win the world poker tour. You see a 20-year-old do it. I know there are exceptions, but that's how you feel because um, what do they have? Did I have it and I lost it? Those are the those are the things rattling around in my forty year old mind. I'm trying to figure out how, for me, as a perfectionist, as as a personality type, how I'm interacting with getting older. Because you know, I want I want things, whether it's a party or whatever it is, my life to be arranged in a certain way, you know? Um, and I think you know, my, my uncle, he was, I, I think he also m might have been 
a one, just like me, a, a you know, a perfectionist, because he he had his life arranged, and he, even his his family life and his professional life and his hobby life, he had it all very arranged, and he was very he was very methodical and calculated, which, by the way, was why it was such a shock that he had an accident. Um, is totally against everything that you've ever observed from this guy. Um, and you know, he, I, I think he was living that, yet, boop, it was over, you know, and was it worth it? Was it worth the, you know, is that, is that the goal for me? Is that what I'm trying to emulate or is that something I'm trying to, I don't think so, you know, I think it's something I'm trying to uh, put in its place, those, the strengths slash weaknesses of being, um, of thinking I know the best way for everything, putting that in its place so that I can still live uh, a full life even when things don't meet up, uh, meet, meet my standard, which is probably, if it is attainable, you have to sacrifice enough things that it may not in general have been worth it. You know, in terms of like what that does to relationships or, you know, what it takes to get there, you know. Um, so using the party again as an analogy, it's saying, I, I think I did pretty decent saying this was, this was a, a milestone experience that I'm grateful that Christy and you encouraged us to do, to have the freaking party and not say, well, because it can't be the absolute perfect thing then I'm not going to do it. That that would have been a that would have been a horrible mistake, right? And I think that's a. I think that's a. Kind of a, a microcosm of 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 what I'm trying to, do with my life by putting putting those aspects of my personality in their place so that I can, uh, experience, the imperfections of life, and see beauty in that and experience that. Um, and love. And love, throw love in there. Yeah, just throw love in there. <laughs> the last thing I'll say, um, which, I, which I think is, um, I don't know if it's a generational thing. I think. We're the same generation, by the way, so it's, it's not, don't start treating me like a child. We're, uh, we're whatever is between, uh, there's a very small generation that's between generation X and millennials, mm -hmm. the zennials, is that what it's called? I think we're zennials. Perennials. It's like seventy-seven to eighty-three. Okay. Again, this is just stuff reporters make up, so take it with a grain of salt. But the thing I've been, uh, I think, is is typical of most generations before ours, and, may, and maybe it still is. I don't know. Is that you tend to get a little calcified in your in your views, right? You get to a certain point, and you're kind of like. I'm kind of done changing the way I think about things. Um, so far in my life, the way that I view the world has has gone through some very is gone through very uh, drastic upheavals and changes, and um, you know, I'm less certain about very uh, a whole host of things than I ever was when I was 20 years old. Yeah, when I was 20, I had just a very 
particular understanding of so many things. Um, and I was so sure that I was right. I mean, it was just like, I remember sitting around and actually having the, the thought of like, I pretty much think I know the right thing about the most important things. Yeah, I was there for that. <laughs> you know, I was like, I think I, I, I think I understand the basics of the most important truths of the universe. Mm-hmm. That's a very fortunate position to be in. I said to myself, I did not actually say this out loud, but I remember like having thoughts like that. And then over the past twenty years, I've I look back at that twenty year old and I'm like, what an idiot. You know, I mean, but now, now I was. Let's a, not even let's not even keep it I, in the twenties because you know I'll say, uh, it it is something that has we both. It's part of both of our experiences. It's not something that just you know, shortly after that we checked out of. It's been quite it's been quite a process. Um, yeah, between can, twenty and forty, it continues to this day. I mean, and it, that's a weird place to be to feel like. You are entering into your forties. Now, there's a lot. There is a lot of stability. There, there, there's a a lot of stability in in my life. You know, with even the 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 sort of the unpredictable nature of what we do as a career. There's a lot of stability in what we've uh, kind of kind of built up, and that stability has increased exponentially just in the past five years, in a way that it did not. There was a lot of uncertainty. There's still a whole lot of uncertainty, but there's also there's a there's a, a a reasonable certainty that we're gonna be okay. We don't know exactly what our job is going to look like five years from now, but probably gonna be okay. Yeah. Probably not gonna be like thumbing down the road. You no. know what I mean? Um, Unless it makes for a good video yeah. or <laughs> as a character. But I've never been less certain about a lot of different things and more open to like different people's perspectives and like can hear somebody say something and be like, ah, oh, that's a, that is a, that's a good point. Ah, oh, that's a good point as well. This is difficult to parse. And I think that that is, in some ways that is just a, um, I think that this next generation, like our kids are growing up in the midst of that we kind of grew up in a place where you were not exposed to anything that challenged your worldview um, and it was it was very tight and it was very tidy, and then we were kind of this generation that got introduced through the internet to all kinds of different thoughts about different things, and it began to kind of change uh, the way we thought about that foundation. But I think that our children, which, which made it, which made our initial reaction to it something that uh, was more about maintaining the tidiness in the in the fa- in the face of. <laughs> the internet, batten, basically, batten down, batten the, down hatches. the hatches. Whereas our kids, you know, you there are no hatches when, when you grow up in an, in an environment where you, where there's no way to not be exposed to almost everything on earth just just by virtue of the internet. Uh, as much as you know, you you put up healthy boundaries and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a different it's a different world. Oh, we sound old. <laughs> but it's uh, what are you getting at? Are you get, maybe you're getting at? I'm just saying it's another observation I made about myself. The one thing that we, the one thing that we can have that that 20 year old poker player can't have is wisdom. Now you don't automatically have it, 
and I'm not saying that we have it, but I, but I aspire to that, and that is something that that is the advantage that old farts can have, right? Yeah, and and I'm all, and I'm also trying to fight. Um, I'm trying to fight cynicism actively, you know. I yeah. I, I, I played Fortnite. I hear Locke talk about the the latest Lil rapper. You know, there's, <laughs> there's these Lil rappers. Everybody's got Lil in front of their name, <laughs> and I just found my I find myself just talking to him about how ridiculous this whole thing is, and uh, and it probably is ridiculous on some degree. But this is coming from a man who has regularly eaten animal testicles for entertainment on the internet, so. I'm a little ridiculous myself. <laughs> Lil Ridiculous is my rap name. Um, but yeah, again, I don't have a I don't have a conclusion. I don't have a landing place for this. It's just we'll have to end it somehow. There are multiple things happening. There's that this the internal struggle with like trying to not be defined by my accomplishments, but being fearful that I have yet to accomplish that maybe I've accomplished the greatest thing I'm ever going to accomplish. This less certain than I've ever been, and then wanting to fight against uh, cynicism and just and beginning to say things, like sometimes you have to be like, you're talking, up, you, you're literally saying this generation of kids. Like just don't use that terminology. Don't get to a place where you use the term this generation of children or this generation of teenagers and then say something negative uh, because that generation of teenagers and the way that they think differently and the things that you know uh, that frustrate us are going to be the things that po- most likely the, the positive things that define the the world. It's just it's the way it happens, man, and it's happening quicker than ever. More quickly, grammar Nazis. So now what? I think we just die now. <laughs> just curl up. I think we do everything we can to make it to 79.74 and then we die. Buck Owens died in his sleep. Good for him. You know, he finished a concert in a in the Crystal Palace that he built in Bakersfield. Oh, and then yeah. he went back to his house and died in his sleep. But there's no guarantees. I just wanted to tie in another country music. It's, it's like it seems like country music is my religion in this episode, so I just wanted to tie that tie a bow on oh. that. But uh, thanks for listening in on this uh, therapy session. <laughs> I feel okay. Uh, don't you know? It's, I I always feel like in like retrospect, like looking at what we've discussed in this episode, I do feel the need as we're shutting this thing down to just say, uh, I don't think you need to worry about me. You know, it's like I, I use the term. You need to worry about me. <laughs> it, I, I think no. we've been very honest about what we're doing, but uh, you know, and I wanna be sensitive in, th- in throwing around the term depression, which I, I I know I said that a few times, but experiencing depression, uh, I, I don't know what I wanna say about it except that, um. What do you think I should say about it? I just don't want people to worry about me in that way specifically because um, you are not. That, that's not. I'm not actively struggling not with clinically uh, clinical clinical depression. Um, 
But many, many, many people are. Absolutely. Um, and hopefully we haven't, uh, I mean, we, you know, we, we did what we always do. We started talking about something not knowing where it's gonna go. I think ultimately what you're saying is that, uh, don't, I mean, we're just processing these things. It's like, don't. And I don't think there's anything, I'm not gonna apologize for being sad, uh, obviously. Um, it, but I, you know, so I, I'm, we're not trying to uh, be an example, but um, in retrospect, if we were an example with anything, I hope it's that, uh, that we're talking openly and honestly with each other. You just happen to be listening at a certain point. I think that's what happened in this episode. And I, well, you there know, is a podcast uh, that Jesse's begun listening to that is a therapist and her patients, and they let you listen in on the sessions. Really? And I, I don't, you know, obviously all the confidentiality stuff is taken care of, but. Um, well, this is as close as we're going to get to that. <laughs> so thanks for listening in, um, and we'll talk at you next week. Yes. Yeah.